Welcome into the Maroon Like Podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. My other co-host, Daniel Faulkner. And I'm your third co-host, Colton Watson. And we're coming to you earlier than we normally would. This is a little bit of an emergency pod because it sounds like we've got big news uh, regarding Mississippi State football. Um, season came to an end Thursday night. State loses the Egg Bowl in Starkville. We're not really going to recap the game. I mean, frustrating is what it is. Defense played well. Offense just could not get really anything going. Will Rogers, you know, went out there and, you know, you know, did what he could. But ultimately, I think you saw the limitations from he's still not fully healthy. Um, and it, it I, I mean, not, I'm not trying to put blame on him because I think everything still was wrong with the offense in that game, to be honest. Um, had an opportunity. Could, you know, again, defense did what they could, but Ole Miss styled a few things up late, and they were able to pull away, get the win for their second 10-win season in the past three years, and State goes to five and seven. Dan, what was a super disappointing year. Obviously, there was still some hope uh, for bowl eligibility via APR, but with the way things broke out over the past couple of days, there's just not enough slots available. There are a couple teams, you know, getting spots extra. Both JMU and Jacksonville State are going to get to go bowling because there were not enough normal six and six teams, uh, which frankly good for them. It's crap that they, you know, had to wait for it in this process anyway. But if nothing else, they deserve to be bowl eligible. There it, it came down last night. You had both UCLA and uh Colorado yeah, State Hawaii. playing. Oh, and okay. if both of them won, there was gonna be two you needed, you needed Hawaii to win, I think. What was that? You need to cross Colorado State needed to lose. No, that they needed. That's what I'm. Okay, yeah, that's right. It was you needed UCLA and Hawaii to win. Um, Hawaii won, which was kind of the surprising thing. And I'll say the Rainbow, Rainbow Warriors have played better this year, and they've been competitive. Uh, but Colorado State really should have won that game. Um, and Hawaii won in incredible fashion. But like, uh, they get the win, so that knocked you know Colorado State out of bowl eligibility. You would have thought UCLA would have rolled over Cal. Uh, it was the opposite. Cal rolled over UCLA. Shout out to Peter Sermon, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cal Golden Bears. Uh, he screwed over Mississippi State once again. Um, this time, for whatever reason, his defense was effective. Uh, but Cal took down UCLA. That was another 6-6 six six team. There was ultimately just one spot left after you had the you know JMU and Jacksonville State, and that goes to Minnesota, who was at the top of the APR. Uh, rankings. MSU was right behind him, um, but unfortunately, State's not going bowling, so a 13-year bowl streak comes to an end. Uh, look, I didn't really care one way or another whether or not we went, but I also understand that you want to be able to continue to say, oh, we've gone to 14 straight bowls. Like, that's that, that was a good thing to say. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> this season was not fun. There's no point in spending any more time talking about this season, and uh, we can move forward. And very quickly, um, this coaching search has progressed now that the regular season is done across the sport. Um, and it does appear that we know who Mississippi State's next head coach is going to be. Uh, there was a lot of smoke over the past couple of days that talks with Jeff Levy, the office coordinator at Oklahoma, uh, was heating up. And it really seemed to be trending that way. There was a brief moment where Troy's John Sumrall was getting a lot of traction as well. Um, for you know, probably a 12-hour period or so. And it basically was reported those two were the finalists for the job. 
And it was just, you know, which way was MSU going to turn? You started hearing more and more people who, you know, claim to be connected. And I, I say claim to be connected as in I'm not talking about actual, like, the guys who run the message boards. I'm talking about posters on the message boards who are, you know, respected because they have inside info, but you never know for sure. They were kind of saying, it sounds like it's Levy, it sounds like it's Levy. And then sure enough, we get the reports that uh, Mississippi State had extended an offer to Jeff Levy. And it was just going to be a matter of time until it was made official. As of this recording, it is still not official. Now, look, it's it's 9.09 a.m. Central Time um, here in Mississippi. We could know something. like It could be made official very soon. But all indications are that Levy is going to agree to the job and that he will be the next head coach of Mississippi State. Um, what? Wh- We'll get more into specifics, but just quick hitter here because we're, we're going to try to dive into everything about this hire because there's a lot of ways you can go with this hire. Quick thoughts on, you know, and Dan, I'll start with you just on the move. Levy was one of the ones that right away uh, people wanted. Uh, you saw a lot of fans go online and and before we even fired Zach Arnett, they're like, oh, what if we got Jeff Levy from Oklahoma, right? It, it brought a little bit of excitement. Yeah, he's an offensive-minded guy, and that's what a lot of people agreed that Mississippi State needed. And and I'll even agree with that too, right? You needed that kind of mindset coach. That's what you've kind of gone with the last few hires outside of Coach Zach Arnett. And, and yeah, in that respect, I like it, right? Um, obviously, and, and there's a whole lot more that we'll get into later, but, yeah, first thought. Decent hire, right? Decent. Um, I wanted a head coach, and it's going to take me a couple weeks, days to weeks, to get over that before I can look at this a little bit more with a clear head. I just really – you know, the last couple – coaching searches we did I mean even go back to, to post Kareem you know the one thing that Kareem did give you was stability uh character you know there wasn't like a ton of there wasn't a uh, the polarizing and changing landscape of college athletics back then that there is now with the transfer portal and NIL and all that stuff you didn't have that obviously the tragedy involved that we're that we've still kind of in the shadow of right now you didn't have an inexperienced, uh, never done it before head coach that was stepping out the door almost as soon as he got as he took the role. You had some stability. You could go out and hire a coordinator like Dan Mullen, and then Dan Mullen, same kind of thing. You had character. You had uh, now I don't Dan Mullen's Dan Mullen's character as tar- as far as you know being personable uh, and easy to work with is questionable, but morally. Uh, nothing wrong with him, and and he demanded that much from his players. Stable situation. You can go hire somebody that's never done it before. Obviously, it didn't work out for us. And then, of course, you bring in Mike Leach, who's, um, you know, a head coach's head coach. Well, now you're kind of lost out at sea a little bit, and you got a guy that's going to be doing this for the first time. Last couple, again, you're you're one and two in my lifetime with guys that have done this for the first time. Okay. So we're trying to get back to 500 with, um, so uh, it's a little bit sketchy for me for those reasons. Uh, I guess we're going to get into like the, 
controversial stuff later in the show. So I'm not, I'll save that for then, but that's just my biggest hangup right now. Um, I will say this, if he can recruit his butt off, then I can look past a lot of that. You know, if he could fix this class before signing day, if he can get a, get in a nice transfer portal quarterback and um, some big pieces, uh, depending on the staff that he hires, you know, that can fix a lot of the, a lot of what ails him here. But so right now I'm a little bit sketched out by having a first time head coach. I would agree with a lot of that. Um, I definitely was right there with you that I wanted someone who'd been a head coach because I wanted someone who I knew could come in and run the program, given the circumstances uh, taking place right now. Um, like you said, it's in our lifetimes, we're one for three on a guy who has not been a head coach and being capable of running a program and a program that's, it's not an easy job, right? There, there is stuff that has to go into it. And um, you just never know for sure what you're going to get out of those guys, but, Considering the difficulties, considering what the program has been through over the past year, and then considering what the SEC is about to become, having someone who knows how to stabilize that situation, I think would have been really valuable. Um, I, you know, the offensive side of it is can be really exciting. Even he runs a system that has been incredibly effective and is tied to some fantastic coaches. Uh, so on that standpoint, like you, you expect the idea of the guy should be able to come in and score points, which frankly, we've said that <laughs> about previous hires before, and it hasn't always worked out immediately that way. But, I'm, I'm about to the point where you, you have to, you have to recruit lights out to be able to run these offenses that are so great at Mississippi state. And I mean, we all like the air raid and Mike Leach and, and that was one where you can recruit a step down because it's so unique and it, and it, it, it's part of how Mike Leach got a lot of upsets to cite talent differential because of the air offense. But like, I'm about to the point where all these amazing offenses that we've heard so much about with some of these coaches, you're going to have, I mean, there's a lot of things that fall into place for that to ever come to fruition. Well, look, even, even the air raid, like I've had no qualms admitting that it never fully took off consistently the way that we would have liked. Right. Um, you know, Joe Moorhead obviously did not, but he, uh, I, the argument that I made many times was Mullen for as great of an offensive mind that he is. How many years that it was his offense just kind of mediocre? Like, it's it, apparently scoring points is difficult in Mississippi State um, for for whatever reason. So you hope you know La, you know Levy is a guy who can come in and, and fix that. And I, I tend to think you will. I think you will get an exciting product on the field, um, and that you know you'll have it'll be fun to watch. It's just the questions of everything else in terms of you know, whether or not he's ready to run a program and all, all that comes with that. So overview, like how did we get here? Just kind of an overview of the coaching search. This is just as best as we know. Obviously I am not, none of us are, are tied in. This is basically just taking the pieces along the way that you've gotten from guys like Steve Robertson and Paul Jones about how the coaching search has progressed. Um, but I mean, look, I, I think we got the kind of the first big bit of news last week or you know it was last week when it was announced officially Jamie Chadwell would not be taking the Mississippi State job um the, I know there had been some, some murmurings from some of the 247 guys for a bit that they felt it was very unlikely he would leave I know there were some reports to the contrary from other people in MSU media but it sounded like Jamie Chadwell was kind of the top option for MSU he's who they really wanted and it just didn't happen he ultimately decided to stay at Liberty. Now, the reasons for that, 
you can bounce around a, a, a little bit. I got into it with some Liberty fans on Twitter because they're convinced Liberty is a better job than Mississippi State. Um, I, I think there there's more to it, but ultimately, you know, regardless, that was a guy that was high on the list and it shouldn't happen. I don't think you ever really got a bunch of serious play from the likes of Brett Lashley, um, Mike Elko, who I know we had conversations with, and apparently he was he was receptive in that he was willing to listen, but I don't know in terms of him being truly serious about ever really wanting the job. And then some of the other names, and I think were, were people throwing out there, like a Lance Leipold. Um, I'm trying to think of another G5 coach who was really high on the list for, for people other than what I've got on the got listed. But I think some of the, the splashier hires that you could have made, ultimately it just they weren't there for State, which kind of is what it is, right? I I said early on I'd be surprised if State really made the big splash hire. I thought a guy like Chadwell was possible. And I, I thought Rhett Lashley could happen. But in terms of some of the bigger names that fans were throwing out saying, you know, go throw $9 million at that guy. I, I never thought that was fully realistic. And, you know, that's ultimately how things played out. Obviously, fans talked about Mullen a lot. It, it wasn't even, you know, he was ultimately never considered. And you know, the, the conversation with Mullen was he, you know, is happy in TV. He's, you know, not really looking to come back to coaching. If it's going to come back, it's going to be in a perfect spot. Well, now there's reports he's like a finalist for the Syracuse job. And look, I don't know how serious that is. Um, you know, I think he's I don't think he'll get that job. And in fact, I don't know if he really wants it. I think they're probably gonna hire Bob Chesney, who's a coach from the FCS ranks up at Holy Cross, who's done a really good job up in that part of the country. But like the Syracuse guys are reporting that like Mullen has been seriously considered and I guess has been talking, which Look, I was never super keen on bringing back Mullen, but considering where the search got to, I think this would have been one of the points where you would have said, all right, let's see, if, let's kick the tires on Dan. And it kind of sounds like some of the people – I know that the talk is Mullen's happy where he's at, but I think if you talk to people around Mississippi State, what they tell you is that the people running Mississippi State are not interested in going that direction, which I don't think that's a that's a great way to go about running <laughs> running things. Just to say we don't want that guy because of the way he left. Um, because I and I do think, look, I get it. It's not would not have been the sexiest hire in the world, but I, I think you know what you're getting with him. And I, I think I, I personally, I think State should have considered. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, and I think he would have been receptive given the fact that he's apparently talking to Syracuse, which there's a lot of discussion recently. Is Syracuse like a bottom five job at the power five ranks because it might be i don't again i don't know if Mullen's gonna take that but just something i thought i'd throw in there you know gj kenny was a guy that got a lot of hype from state fans sound like we were never really that interested there was a bunch of smoke around barry odom and i think there was there was mixed reviews as to whether or not state was truly interested but ultimately he was ruled out kind of got to the end like it sounded like willie fritz Tulane was incredibly interested and, like, he's not going to be at Tulane next year, sort of the consensus. But the Houston job is expected to open up, and, you know, he's got family. I think his daughter lives in Houston. He's coached in that area before. You know, they've got big-time money, and now it's a Big 12 team, so it's, you know, a little bit more high-profile than it had had been previously. Could could he get some play there? Did His age is also a factor, you know. And, and then I'll, how much, I guess – well, I'll get to this next point. So it kind of felt like we moved on from Fritz. The other big finalist, though, was John Summerall at Troy, who I think is a guy we talked about. Like, in terms of just 
being a ball coach, winning football games, and having familiarity with this recruiting territory and having familiarity with this conference, checks those boxes. It's just he's a defensive-minded head coach who does not play an exciting brand of football, and it's kind of a eh, hire. Um, the other big holdoff of him is that he's a Kentucky uh, alum. He was on staff there under Stoops. It was kind of – it's kind of been known, like, if Stoops were to leave, which, you know, I guess we're going to find out whether or not Stoops leaves or not. I know Stoops made his announcement he is not going to Texas A&M, but could he still end up at Iowa, which is what I've been suggesting would happen for a long time if Kirk Ferentz were to leave. Um, it's been very obvious Kentucky was going to hire John Summerall as their backup. And I heard, like, somebody passed along to me that we talked to him and, and he was going to have to have a contract clause if you won't leave us for Kentucky, and he was not going to agree with that. I don't know how legit that is, but that's just – I don't care. It's a podcast. We'll speculate. Um, like th That's one of those things I don't mind throwing out because it's like it's – who cares if it's real or not? Because realistically, like, we, we would have been talking about hiring a guy who, if Kentucky came open, would have left us. And that's never a great look if, you, if you're if you a SEC job and a guy leaves you for Kentucky. Still, he's a good coach. So, I think with Summerall and Fritz, I do wonder how much of the excitement factor play in. Um, the, did Selman view this as a case of, I need to get a guy who is going to get the fan base fired up in terms of success on the field? Because he, he doesn't connect on a lot of, you know, th those guys are not going to provide a ton of that. But obviously you're passing on guys who've been proven head coaches. And, you know, ultimately you choose to go with Levy, which I, we talked about, like, the connection was obvious, but at the same time, like, we didn't think this would happen because of the situations that had been going on at Oklahoma over the past few months and Selman's connections there. Was that relationship something that was going to work out between Selman and Jeff Levy because of the way that Levy and, frankly, OU's administration just haven't gotten along? Um. But ultimately, I mean, it I does wonder, make. Sense. I, mean, I wonder if I wonder if Oklahoma saw this as us taking them off this off their hands. It's certainly possible. It is certainly possible. Their fans um, think so, uh, but, but as for the administration, right? We just don't know. That's that's between Selman and OU's administration, right? We're not really going to figure that out. But that that's between them, right? So, who knows? No, you're totally right. Um, so, like that, you're right. We're not going to know for sure how that worked out. But like, obviously, he checks boxes on a surface level where it's like he's been in the state of Mississippi. He runs an exciting offense, and we want to see points on the field because we haven't been getting that. So I understand that. Um, I do wonder, though, did we kind of settle on just what was an easy hire because we struck out of the top guys? Also, I know, by the way, there's some of you listening right now who are very mad at us for being negative or I, I don't even think being negative. You hear it as being negative, um, but just like not praising this hire is the greatest thing ever. I'll go ahead and get it out of the way now because I, I know that's what some of you were thinking. We're not going to like just lie to you until you were thrilled <laughs> that State made this hire. I think there's like real questions, concerns with it. Um, I think it could be really good, but I also think it could be bad. So uh, we're just we're going to discuss it from all levels. Um, 
So, like, I, I do wonder, did, did Selman, after you got through a launch, said, whatever, I know I can get this guy, and I know that he'll put a product in the field that a lot of fans, at least on the at least initially, are going to be excited for? I don't know if that was the best. Go ahead. I was, I was going to add, I mean, it's not just who you hire, it's when you hire them as well, I think, because you have to – you have to get after the recruiting trails as soon as possible. I mean, that's why coaches are hired, you know, the day after rivalry Saturday in a lot of instances, because you have to get after it fast. I mean, Dan Mullen was hired on black Friday, right? The day after the egg, but he's gone. Right? It was the first thing everyone knew. And that's the kind of thing. Like it's not just who you hire. It's when you hire them. Cause if you let it linger on a while, you got some issues. Like you got, you got to fix a few problems. Certainly. Um, I just, my biggest thing is knowing the situation around Mississippi state right now, do you, did, is it really best to make the hire where it's like, well, he checks a few easy boxes because I like, I know I have a connection with him and I know he'll score points when I think Mississippi state just needs a football coach right now. Like, I, I think you need someone who has shown they can be successful as a head coach and can also take over a difficult situation and be successful in that manner. We don't know that with Lennon. Maybe, and look, it, again, he might come in to be incredible. It, it's just we don't know. Um, no, look, now, we'll, we'll, let's hit the positives. He's, again, offensive mind, he has tied some of the best offenses in the sport. Um, he was on those Baylor teams that were just resetting the record books when it came to what you were doing offensively. Or he was on staff for those Baylor teams. He was at UCF under Josh Heupel. And, you know, they, they their offense was taking off. And then he was at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. And, you know, was able to learn some from Lane. And he's been around great offensive minds. He's produced good offenses as a play caller at Oklahoma. Um, the guy should, in theory, score a lot of points. And that's, again, I know state fans want that right now. He's I, I, I wonder, like, is Chris Parson the quarterback for him to do that here, though? Because when – how many of those stops was he working with, you know, a three-star or a mid-four-star quarterback and not like a superstar? Um, I, I don't think Dylan Gabriel was super high. I mean, keep in mind, like, Dylan Gabriel was at UCF. So it's not like – and I will also right. say, that, say this, like, Gabriel is a good quarterback. Gabriel has some very real limitations to his game that Levy has had to work around as a play call. So, like, obviously, yes, he had Matt Corral, who, as a, as a college talent, was incredible. Dylan, um, Dylan Gabriel was a, a four-star transfer and, and a three-star high school prospect. So, I guess I guess that's one. Was he – Is he? he's post-RG3 at Baylor, right? He might have been on staff. I, I, I don't know. I mean, his quarterbacks would have been, like, Bryce Petty – Seth Russell, I think, um, okay. which I don't remember those guys' recruits, but, like, Petty was a pretty good fit in that offense. Um, and then Russell after that was, like, was, was pretty good. Um, I don't think he's, like, he hasn't exclusively worked with superstar quarterbacks. And I do okay. think Parson is probably a pretty good fit within a lot of what he wants to do in that system. I don't know if Parsons is going to be a quarterback next year. I think we are absolutely – like, the talk has been for a while, regardless of who stayed hired. They're going to go after a portal guy. We're, we're in the market. We're in the market. But I like – I like yeah. 
No, I, I mean, I like Parson too. I think he's a very talented guy who's going to be be able to be successful. But I don't know if he's ready for that. I'm sure he'll get an opportunity job. Um, but yeah, like from an offensive standpoint, it's there. It should be exciting. Yeah, obviously, coaching at Ole Miss, he's recruited the state of Mississippi. He understands the SEC landscape, which I do think matters because we've had we've seen coaches who haven't been to this part of the country, don't get what it's like, and not to do the whole thing of we care what what's happening at the other school, but in terms of having a guy who was on that staff and knows exactly how they run things, there is benefit there because ultimately we've we've talked about it. No matter how much people try to act like it doesn't matter, what happens at one school directly impacts the other. It just does. So having someone who understands that, that there is real value there. But he also, he is recruiting ties to Texas. He is recruiting ties to the state of Florida. Like these talent hotbeds. Not that Mississippi State like is never able to go into those places. That that's a point that's been made on a, on a show that I've listened, you know, a show that I occasionally listen to. Like people talk about like every single coaching staff has a Texas guy or has a Florida guy. Like you can be at Central Michigan and you have somebody in your staff that has connections in Florida. Because like that's just how it, like every people know these states now, and and they so how much play does that really matter? I I don't know, um, but it does help that you've got a guy who's of course has coached in those places, and then look just a, a younger guy who's an up and comer who is going to be eager to go and prove it as his as, as his own head coach, and he should be able to work the portal pretty well. Um, there's talk like that's going to be a big thing is that they're go- there's going to be good portal suitors for Mississippi State because of this hire, because you know, apparently a lot of the player- players he's worked with like him a lot. I-, I remember there was once Josh Heupel left UCF, like UCF players wanted Jeff Levy to be the head coach. And he's got good connections at- in Oxford. Um, it- it's been kind of said for a while, if when Lane left, they were hiring Levy. Um, because he's very well liked in, in up in Oxford, um, so like there, there's there's definitely positives to the hire. Like you can see it, it is a typical Mississippi State hire, frankly, right? And it checks a lot of the boxes you would want. It's just the the, the frustrating part is you, we were definitely excited to be able to want want to get a head coach because we felt like this is the time you need to get someone who's proven they can do it. Maybe Levy can. We just don't know yet. Which that's that's getting your cons. Like he does not have the head coaching experience, so you don't know what comes with that. Um, you know, we trust he can run an offense. Can he manage a program? And can he successfully manage a program in today's era while still managing a fantastic offense? That's a, like, or does he bring somebody else in to call plays? And then how does that go? We we, we don't know for sure. You know, what is the defense going to look like? What does the staff building look like? He has tons and tons of connections and staffing. Um, now, some of the names coming up are not the most exciting for uh, some of the guys he, he might pull um, to, to come in here. But, again, what, what is that staff going to look like and how does that all come together? It, the, it's just you are always going to have the questions when you haven't had a guy who's been a head coach. What does it look like when he is a head coach? And that could have been true for any hire. And, look, I've seen people say, well – you're going to have risk with every hire or you're going to have risk. You could have had plenty of risk with a G5 guy. Well, how will they work in the SEC? We don't know, but it's still, you'd like to see that the guy's been a head coach and has been successful. You ultimately don't get that with this hire. And now the part that I know a lot of you are just don't want to hear about, 
but it's the reality because there is a pretty big elephant in the room. Jeff Levy, I mentioned he was on staff at Baylor. We, we've talked about this. He was there when everything at Baylor went down. And, and to the point where, where he is named as one of the guys who, like, apparently didn't report something. And I'm not going to pretend to get into all of them. We... Okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to – a lot of a lot of college football people say, oh, when everything happened at Baylor, and then just don't kind of talk about what happened at Baylor because it makes them uncomfortable. But it – I don't know. I was ready to explain what happened. Well, there were – yeah, it was a ton of sexual assault cases for the football team. And it, it was more than sexual assault. There was just other – players just running rampant basically um and it led to art Briles being fired it led to the school president being fired it led to the title nine uh leader getting fired um and like baylor kind of cleaned house after what went down levy was on staff like i was saying levy is listed in one of the reports as a guy who was told about something apparently didn't report i don't know i'm telling you that is what's listed I'm not going to pretend to go into the legal proceedings on this. I'm not going to pretend to say what is and is not known about Jeff Lick. I'm saying he was a part of that staff. And he's been someone who has been very vocal in that he thinks that they got screwed over. He, after the firings, he he wore shirts that said CAB, Coach Art Riles, showing support for, the you know, the head man. And his father's Yeah. So – he is married to Art's daughter. He is very close to Bryles. Bryles is obviously someone who was very important to him in his career, given that that's who he really came up under. And that's where much of what he does offensively, the influence comes from Bryles. Um, and he's very close to him. Now, it seemed like he had kind of moved past a lot of that. And because, like, that's the thing with, with any of the guys who are going to be on that staff, you are always going to hear about that anytime they get a job. But it kind of felt like Levy had gotten to a point where it was like, it happened. It's it's a red flag, but we really have, there's been nothing that has taken place since. Earlier this year, Levy had Art Bryles on the sidelines at an Oklahoma game. And I know some of you are like, what's the big deal? It's his father in law. Who cares if he's at a game? It has been made painfully clear time and time again that Art Bryles for the rest of his existence will have zero spot on a college football campus. Zero spot in a game. Cannot be on the sidelines. Does not matter that it's the Bob. Huh? That's all. He can buy a ticket just like the rest of us. That's about it. Probably couldn't buy a ticket to a Baylor game. No. Does not matter that it's his father-in-law in that it's family and you know that's the, the the grandpa to his children he can't come to games but he did this and he was asked about it and he got very offended that anyone was asking him as if it was this crazy thing well then his head coach and his athletic director both said no it's unacceptable and we thought we made it clear that that was not going to happen basically suggesting that we told him not to do this and he did it anyway and then he changed his tune. He kind of apologized. But like but before this, like I, I think I, I talked about it. The dude changed his profile pic on his Instagram briefly to the picture of him with art as a, like a big middle finger to everyone who was questioning him. And again, I know some of you because I know I, you, 
you have all made very clear how you feel about anyone who questions his hire. Um, you, you're like, well, that's just being, you know, uh, a woke wuss and crying about stuff. A loser, it's a loser mentality to question. Yes, <laughs> like, that's there's there's I mean, that. Is, 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 is what happened at Baylor? Is that not a top five, top three scandal in college football history? Yeah, absolutely. The only one that might top it is Penn State. That might be the only yeah. one that. Top I think Penn State, State is the worst, and then, and then Baylor's probably Baylor. the worst. Yeah, um, and then I mean, all the other. Like, you know, SMU got the death penalty, but nobody got hurt for that. That was just cheating. That was cheating at a, at a children's sport, not affecting the lives of young women. And so 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 whether whether I, I think there are some people out there that think it didn't happen, that think it was all made up. And those are the ones where I'm like, you're you're I, I just I just hope you're not never alone in a room with a female because and well, and, and y'all are gonna oh Colton's so woke and stuff like that. Guys, there's there's too much that is ha- that too many people lost their careers over that stuff at Baylor for that not to. Do you think it wasn't in Baylor's best interest to not let any of that come out? They tried their best to not let it come out. They tried their best to hide it. Do you think that a bunch of lies or something that was made up got got the president of a university fired? You don't think they would have figured out that it was fake? They had all with all the powers and all their money. Baylor, one of the richest schools in the U.S. So it happened. I don't know how much Jeff Levy was involved, and I don't think he was involved to the point that he should never work in football again, or that we shouldn't have hired him necessarily. But to say that I should ha- I should shut up and take my and and eat this food and like it is is ignorant. Yeah, I can um, question. I'm not I'm not saying we should. I'm not saying Mark Keenum should be thrown thrown to the wolves for for making this hire. And I'm not saying that Jeff Levy shouldn't be shouldn't been hired on principle, no questions asked, bar none. I'm that's not what I'm saying. But this, if this doesn't give you pause, it says more about you than what it says <clears throat> about Coach Levy or anything else. It is going to be a red flag. It just is. And the Art Bryles thing. If a, it might be different if a proven head coach that had won places and done this and done that. It, I might feel a little bit differently, but it's not like this was without the baggage. This was a grand slam home run. That, that's the other part of it is that, again, you're doing this for a guy who's never been a head coach. Not that you should push that stuff aside for certain circumstances, but like there's already risk involved and there's more risk. And getting back to what I'm saying with Art, I know some of you are like, because like, I saw the reaction, what's the big deal? It's his father-in-law. doesn't matter. He was told not to do it and he did it anyway. And he should be smart enough to understand that guy does not get to be on the sidelines. It, it's like, not It's not that. It's not that what he did was controversial; is that he was just dis- dis- it was insubordinate. If Doctor Keenum tells this guy not to do something or to do something, that guy has to either not do or do that thing. Like that's that's just the way the world works. And like that is a concern when you talk about a guy being able to run a program. Like I I I said this, and I, I saw similar thoughts expressed. If the incident with Art earlier this year had not taken place, I would probably be okay with it. I would yeah. still feel iffy, but because you would have been at that point, it's been like, all right, it's eight years and there's nothing that's happened. Like, it, it's it's a red flag, but you're probably fine. He brought it back on himself. A, here's another red flag. As far as I know, Kendall, his son, never brought him to an Arkansas game or anything like that. Oh, I know. That's that's the incredible thing. Here, it, is not, Kendall, not his son-in-law, his son. 
flesh and blood. Kendall Bryles has not had this stuff happen at all. And if it did not have, like, I think you could pass, but because he did it, like, that, he brought all of that back on. And we talked about on this show the response that he was getting at Oklahoma from people within that athletic department because of it. Like, kind of felt like he was being pushed on the way out. Now, like, I know, again, there are people saying, who cares if he had his father-in-law on the sidelines? It is what it signals to me. It signals that, A, he's insubordinate and probably is not mature enough to be running a program. B, he still very clearly does not think anything bad happened to Baylor. And while, yes, he can, you know, if he wants to believe that until he dies, he's able to. You can't make it clear to everybody, though, and he did. And I would have concerns about a guy who clearly still doesn't view it as a problem thinking that. Dan, I know you got to run in just a second. So, I mean, real quick, if you want to get your, your final thoughts out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mississippi is not a big uh, state that just – PR is not a well-taught class, right? You live in rural areas, um, all that. It, it makes sense. And some people are like, well, who cares? We'll win. Well, no, PR is a huge freaking deal. Um that's just a Mississippi moment right there. And and uh, to say that, you know, oh, well, you have to support no matter what is Mississippi State. Why didn't you support Zach Garnett? Why'd you want him fired? I, I mean, you have to have the same kind of mindset with it. You have to understand that people are going to be concerned with it. And as, as Andrew just said, this wouldn't be an issue if he had just listened to his previous boss's boss, right? His boss and his boss's boss told him something. He didn't do it. I do something like that, that that big, and they get that upset. I get fired from my job, you know, and and it, it's a big deal. So, yeah, it, that's most of what I got. But, yeah, that's all for me. Well, we'll, we'll let Dan express more thoughts whenever we get to the next pod because I know he's getting cut off a little bit short here. But there are concerns with the hire. Um, and, yes, I am talking to a lot of you who are just – on Twitter right now going after anyone who has anything to say about it. Like guys, it's totally justifiable to have questions with this. Like even if you want to say that you don't think he, like there's any issue because well, he's been vetted by all these jobs. There's no concerns there. Um, And it, it's been so long. He like the, I, some of you have convinced yourselves that actually nothing did happen at Baylor, which I think is insane, but you do you. Even if you wanted to say all that, would the insubordination to his bosses not bother you? Like, that's just that, – that, That's more bothersome to me because, I mean, I'll go ahead and say – now, I'll also say that a, a football program will look past whatever they need to look past to get the guy they really want, Read Hugh Freeze, but – I mean, the fact that he's been vetted at several of the programs and they've still thought to hire him, that's a that's a good sign. That I, I wouldn't say that Mississippi State is just morally superior to Oklahoma, UCF. Uh, I'm not going to throw Ole Miss in there, but the um, it, it it's the recent stuff that that's really troubling, and again, stuff that you could look past if he had a resume like Mike Leach or Lance Leipold for even um, as far as insubordination stuff. Now, if the, if the, if the moral, the very real dangerous moral stuff from Baylor back in 2014, 15 
that kind of stuff is 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 stuff I'm not looking past without a thorough thorough vetting. Um, no matter who the coach is, but like the the, you know, if you're Nick freaking Saban or something, you can tell the pres Greg Byrne, uh, to shove it once once or twice in your in your career, but not the offensive coordinator who's ever been a head coach who's. Oh, here's another concern: is is he just a big nepo baby? You know, potentially. Yeah, I mean. I would have questions about his maturity running the program. And I think Justin Strawn put together a really good thread for this on Twitter. I retweeted it, um, but most of you probably follow Justin already, so you guys should go find that. But he did a good job summarizing, I think, the way that some of us feel about this. It's not that we don't think Levy can be a successful head coach. It's not that we don't think that it's possible this could be really fun or that we don't see the positives to the hire. The positives absolutely exist. It's that it is – there are very real concerns, and it is not being a poor old state who is trying to hold the university back to point them out. It's not. And that's that's the thing that's gotten the most annoying on Twitter with this, is some of you have gotten to the point where you are so sick and tired of the football team not being what you want, and you're so sick and tired of not seeing points that you've, uh, you've officially decided, I don't care, this higher scores points, I'm excited for it, and anyone who disagrees with that, is just a woke liberal crying baby. Like that's the standpoint that y'all have decided to take. Uh, yeah, I'm. A, I'll. This is what it. What you know what this feels like from the Twitter brigade is it feels like the same thing when Robbie and Brian were acting like this offense with Barbe was going to be so much better than the air raid, and then we saw what happened. You know, they when they, uh, Robbie was telling me like, I got to argue with Robbie. These guys came from Mississippi high schools, and they're these offensive linemen. They're road graders. They're going to be ready to run block. Mm. we saw how our run blocking was uh, this year. Those same people are just kind of like, you know what? I like it, so shut up. And everything you say is wrong because I because I want it to be wrong. And I don't have to offer evidence. I'm just going to say that you're, sour, that you're sour grapes about it. There's absolutely a parallel there. It's not, it was not just, you know, the Thunder Lightning guys. Like, there was obviously a lot of people in Mississippi State. I, I said this a few weeks ago after it, it kind of, you know, after Matt Wyatt, you know, came out and said, you know, after Arnett was fired and said he messed up moving away from the air raid, there were a bunch of Mississippi State fans that were so convinced that the air raid was what everything that was wrong with Mississippi State football for the past few years. They didn't like saying it because they knew what would come with that and, like, that there was a reaction because of Mike Leach passing away. They didn't want to come out. But they basically said it without ever fully admitting it. Well, a few of them straight up admitted it. They hated that offense, and they were positive that any other offense would be better for Mississippi State. And what they those of us in the air raid cult got told, you can shut up and go cheer for Western Kentucky if you're if you're going to be that bothered by them making this change. Uh, because clearly you just want to hold Mississippi State back because you care more about a specific coach. You care more about running a specific offense than you do Mississippi State football. Okay. Well, we see how it all turned out. There's definitely some similarities there where it's like, we don't care about any of that other stuff. We just want a guy who's going to be fun to watch, and we're, we fully believe it's going to be fun to watch. So any of you who oppose it, shut up and go cheer for another team. There's the one dude telling every other person he can, uh, Mil Millsaps needs some fans. Uh, Mississippi Valley needs some fans. Like, dude, and he's also – he's saying it to people who are literally just using the words risky. Like, people who have had a nuanced take, people who have tried to be nuanced about it, where it's like, 
they acknowledge, hey, there could be a lot of positives to this, but there's definitely some risk involved too. He's he's telling those people go cheer for another school. Dude, shut up. They are like I am mad about this. this is annoying the crap out of me. The way some of you are on Twitter over this hire. Guys, it is a hire that is going to create blowback. It just freaking is. You don't have to care. It's fine. If, if you don't care and you just want to watch it, good for you. That's fine. You're allowed to be excited about the hire. I'm not telling people don't be excited about the hire. But stop going after everyone who is expressing the very real concerns because they're actually thinking about this ever so slightly logically and looking past it from a football standpoint and understanding, you know what, maybe hiring a guy who's tied to that stuff and has shown that he's insubordinate and also is, let's just face it, Art Browse is going to be around. It's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to be on the sidelines, but there's a very high probability it's going to happen. And Art Browse is going to be in Starkville. He just is. But you can't tell – I mean. You can't tell the guy that he's not allowed to have his family visit, but I, I, at some point, Art Briles is going to be around the football program. It just is. You're, you're going to see Art Briles in Two Brothers. You're going to see Art Briles at Restaurant Tyler at some point. It's going to happen. Well, I think at some point he's going to be around the football program. He's going to be at the facilities because I, I just don't see the way that it's not going to happen. But you all can't. So I'm saying this to a crowd who is basically out to the point where they're like, I don't care. I'd hire Art Briles, make him OC. Because that's where some of you are because you are so desperate to see success on the field. You're talking to a guy who puts most of his emotional investment in what happens with Mississippi State football and the New Orleans Saints. Believe me, I know about having my priorities out of whack. But even I can look at this and say, hmm, there's probably some risk involved here. So I'm getting sick and freaking tired of getting onto Twitter and seeing all of you being complete jackasses. And I'm just going to say it to everyone who is saying, hey, man, there could be problems here. But y'all don't care. Shut the hell up. Please. I'm here for this. This I've could like I've wanted to do this on this show so many times for so many different topics. This is the one allowed to be bothered by the hire. They are. And I know yes, it does bother me a little bit. We at Marine Mike are not saying this is a failure. Bulldoze Lee Hall. Dr. Keenum and Zach Selman are wrong. This should not happen. We're just saying – we're just hitting the pause button. We're just like, hold on. Let's think about this. We're not on here saying – you know, I'm not pinning an open letter to Dr. Keenum for everybody to see saying how I have daughters and this should not happen at all. Not faulting that guy for pinning that letter. I see his point of view, and that's totally okay. But those of – but you're – what's funny (laughs) – as I'm willing to bet, a lot of the uh, people that are feeling feeling this way, the ones you're yelling at, are big on free speech and um, big on doing what you want and not having people above you or anybody tell you that you can or can't do that. Just a hunch of mine. And you're basically just trying to bully them into silence. Just like, you know, I'm not going to draw comparisons here to to some historical events, but you know, you're, you, you are trying to intimidate other people into that have a di- opinions different from you into shutting up, which is Orwellian. We'll just put it that way. I, that, I was going to go over a lot of their heads, the word Orwellian. They'll have to look that one up. But I'm far less like this rant makes it sound like I'm just appalled that we hired Jeff Levy. I'm actually not. I get it. And I can, I, I'm willing to see the positives of it and hope that it's successful. I'm not going to stop cheering for Mississippi State. I'm not going to not want them to be successful. I'm not going to have a bad taste in my mouth if they are successful. I am more mad at the reaction from the fan base for the people who are telling those of 
those of us who have expressed concerns, those of us who are not and, doing and backflips the one, higher. The ones telling the, the the women in our fan base that they can shut up. That's you as a man telling a woman to shut up when the concerns about this hire are regards to how football players treated young, vulnerable women is a little, that's a little gross. You can talk, I know you can talk about being angry and, you know, question the hire that, that goes beyond, that's a step further for me. Uh, they have a perspective that you could, that you can never have. And I'm a lot of these accounts you're talking about will never show their face on Twitter either props to the ones of you that do, uh, I believe that if you want to be anonymous on Twitter, you can, but I'll, I'll give you an extra point uh, if you are really who you are on Twitter, like Andrew and I, um, which I guess I'm Colt Weezus, but you all know who that is. Uh, you, if, if you're, as a male, are trying to tell a female how they should feel about the sexual assault tragic past of a, of a head coaching hire, pause and think, could I possibly understand this from their perspective? And the answer will be no, in which case you should rethink what you're saying. You cannot, you cannot, I'm going to say it a third time, you cannot understand what their position is as a man. You cannot. All right? I, I This is going to be a little bit political. I believe that men and women are fundamentally different. I'm sure a lot of the people listening believe that too. If that is true, you cannot put yourself in that woman's shoes when you make that comment towards her. So just don't. I know we have some some friends of mine that got really bullied because they were iffy on the hire and disappointed. And, oh, shut up and go back. It was basically shut up and get back in the kitchen is what they were told. And that's just, I don't know. That, that, that's gross. That, that's where it gets from annoying and, and, out, and outrageous to disgusting and gross. And I, I, and I, I know how this goes. Like we're gonna get, we'll, we'll get the, the backlash I'm talking about is going to come for us now that we've said this. It is what it is. And I need oh, to I don't care. I need to be very clear. I'm try, I keep trying to make like, explain myself. This is not me telling you you can't be excited for Jeff Lynn. No, that's fine. You can be if if you genuinely are just like, hey man, we think it's gonna be a good hire. We think we're gonna score a lot of points. Cool, man. I'm not telling you you can't think that. Even I can look at it and say, football team will probably be fun to watch. And, like, I'm going to be excited to be able to talk about his offense and break that stuff down. It is it is not even an on-field thing. It is that there are – it is a very risky hire. Of any hire Mississippi State could have made, that of the candidates that came up, this is the riskiest option. It could go swimmingly. It could be incredible. We could be a ton of fun to watch. We could win a bunch of games. We could piss off Ole Miss in the process, and it could be a, a, a wonderful. There's also a chance that it just doesn't work because, A, he was not ready for this spot, and, B, there's a chance that something embarrassing happens. There just is. Yeah. And we're not, we're all, we're not saying that you can't be a fan of the hire. We're not saying that you can't root for Jeff Levy. We're just saying that you have no right – to bash and try to silence and bully those that aren't super incredibly jazz. Y'all have decided, like, our account put this out um, because this is something I said. Uh, Colton copied a tweet or a text I that I sent. It. I tweeted it, but Andrew sent it. And I was like, no, that's too good. I'm tweeting that. <laughs> it's remarkable to me how when this hire, like, there was a bunch of smoke that was going to be lit. And you had a few people start coming out saying, we're not really excited for that. We don't want that. 
what y'all what those people were told is shut up and trust Zach Selman. Clearly, he's not going to hire him if he doesn't think he's the best candidate. Clearly, he's not going to hire him if you think there's actual problems. You just need to get along and trust what our program is doing because Zach Selman knows best. That's what that's what the narrative was. When there was a bunch of smoke that it was going to be John Summerall, and it was like, hey, Summerall is still very much in this thing, and they they might offer Summerall. All of a sudden, you had all these people saying, if Selman makes this hire, he needs to be fired immediately, or he's completely in over his head. Or I'm not going to trust him to make that. I, I will not trust him with any decision if he make if he hires Sean Summer all over Jeff Libby. Really? So you you you're telling everybody they need to blindly trust him and blindly believe in Mississippi State football when it's the coaching hire that you like, but when it's the one that you don't like because there's it's not going to be sexy and you're worried that we're not going to be exciting to watch. All of a sudden now now the AD is an idiot that he's considering him. It's very funny how that works out. Like, don't don't feed me this trust our athletic department, trust our AD, bull crap, when you very clearly are only saying that because you want this hire. Yeah. It, it's, it's not that you believe in state. It's not that you were fully behind state. It's that you see a guy who can come in and you think he's going to score 40 points a game, and you're like, I want that over someone who's proven they can be a head coach. I, I am not saying – Screw Jeff Levy. I'm not saying I don't want him to be successful. I'm not saying I'm going to quit watching Mississippi State. I'm That's not my point at all. I am specifically speaking to the fans here who have decided to become total ass clowns on Twitter over this whole situation because you we're, it's not fully unifying that you made the move and you've decided that anyone who is not on board just shouldn't be a State fan. Th- that is baffling to me. And it's it's where I, I our fan base has gotten this way over the past several years. I I I think I've expressed many times I don't like our fan base. I'll I'll say it, and like I know I'm a part of that. People don't like me. That's fine. You don't have to like me. I don't care. But the way our fan base goes about things when it comes to, uh, just well, most everything, and like I feel like the Mississippi State fan base has more infighting than almost any other group in the country. And I mean, we, we, we are uniquely prepared to see all that. We are uniquely able to see all that and not, not every other fan base in the country, but it does seem like we, we have trouble getting along sometimes. It's been that way for years though. Like every discussion that happens about, you know, whether it's like the, it was attendance at basketball games, um, the chair backs at baseball games, uh, you know, left field lounge versus, you know, whatever else. It's not even whether or not soccer should get a stadium. Like Jesus Christ, it's there's constantly going back and forth over just everything. And I'm not saying I don't participate. I definitely do. Like I, I just, and I know. I guess I'm saying we we need to stop the, the bickering back and forth. And yet, this is something where clearly there's going to be infighting. My point is that people are allowed to have differing opinions on this. They are. If you want to be excited, you can be excited. And I'm not saying that, again, I keep trying to make clear, this can be an exciting hire. I hope it works. I hope Jeff Levy goes out and wins 10 games a year and is scoring 50 points a game. That would be awesome. But it is not being a poor old. It's not holding Mississippi State back. It's not even being negative to express there are very real concerns of making this hire both on and off the field. There just are. 
and I'll go so far as to say is if you're already saying this is a abject failure and a disaster and I'm done, you're going too far the other way. Sure. There can be you I'm I'm just saying both complete pulp both sides that are telling the other that their opinion is invalid because it because they 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 disagree with it. That's where that's where I have the problem. Everything in between that, that's your right. You can you can leave that. That's fine. I don't think you should sit there and there, there is no point where I would say there is no reasonable person that I would say could express that they feel this hire is going nowhere fast in the toilet. I'm hopping off the fan base. I, oh, I'm not going to call him out. There's one guy. He's like, I'm going to root for every Mississippi State sport except football now. And he wasn't even mad about the – he wasn't even mad about the controversy. He was mad that we hired a coordinator instead of a head coach, and that was the only thing. And he's like, I'm not rooting for football anymore. No, that's dumb. I, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you not to think that because – We've had the whole discussion about not telling people what they what they should believe and what they should think, but I am going to to publicly disagree with that idea. That is dumb. The idea of being done with your fandom because of this hire, I, I don't agree with that. I don't. Again, yeah, I guess if, you, if you, no one's going to make you watch, no one's going to make you attend games. Like acting as if this is the worst thing to happen to Mississippi State football is definitely like no like. You don't have to go that way over it because you can absolutely say, hey, man, he's been vetted by multiple programs and is seen as kind of an up and comer within within the sport. Like, we think this can be successful. Like, I was going to say, you know, this this is probably a guy who would have had a head coaching job already, if not for the controversy. Potentially, yes. Um, and I, I've seen people make the point. He's not his father. in law He's not our brother. You're correct. Which is why I don't think Jeff Levy should never be able to get a coaching job. I Colton said this earlier. It's not that I don't think Jeff Levy should ever get a coaching job. It's not that I don't think Jeff Levy should even be the head coach of Mississippi State. I don't. It's not that I think that. It's there are concerns that have to be discussed, and it's oh, having a bad taste in your mouth because there there's this could be risky is totally fair. You could be excited. We should also be able to express. I'm sorry for going on the rant that I did. It's just I, I don't apologize. The I do not like how some of you have decided to go about this simply because, well, we're excited about it and we think everyone who isn't excited is just a crybaby who needs to go elsewhere. That's a dumb mindset to have. Have some nuance for once in your life. And I don't think you're gonna you're not gonna get this reaction on any other state show. So if you're if you're gonna decide, well, we're just gonna go listen to them because they're gonna tell us it's all sunshine and rainbows and a, the perfect hire because thank God we're gonna score points. Cool, go listen to them. But I mean, I'm I didn't really want to go that hard into talking about it that way, but I just it's frustrating seeing some of the responses right now on the message boards and on Twitter all because you guys are so desperate to see a, a fun football team that you're willing to look past anything. But you can be willing to look past anything. Don't tell anybody else that they sh that they have to look past it. And I'll, I'll leave that there. I like, uh, I like how we're willing to, look, we're willing to look past possible cover-up of gross sexual assault. But we're not willing to look past being a defensive-minded coach over an offensive-minded one. Yep. I want you to think about that sentence for a second. 
I'm not saying that Jeff Levy's guilty. We're look, you're less concerned with the possibility. Again, not saying Jeff Levy is guilty or Allegedly. that he did something wrong. Allegedly, the possibility that somebody really, really got hurt and Jeff Levy was involved is less concerning to you than the fact that your coach played defense when he was in college and has been a defensive coach since then than an offensive one. I want you to think about that. And if that's you, check your priorities, put them in order. And if you're okay with it, that's fine. But I just want you to check yourself before, if that is you, make sure you do a check. And if you're like, yeah, I think, I think I still have my priorities in order after all that. That's fine. But take a self-evaluation. That's it. I'm done. We're going to talk about the offense now. Yeah. Well, all I can think about now is I know going forward, because now I've said this anytime, if I say anything positive about football during Levy's point, it's going to be, well, you didn't want him. You didn't want to hire him. Like, is that, that's how y'all act about things. I'm I'm officially lukewarm on the hire. Oh, that's 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 the funny thing. People are not going to believe me at all. When I say this, I fully reached indifference middle ground to making the hire. I did like, yeah. Like the other night when it was like it's either going to be uh, Levy or Summerall, I was purely at all right, whatever. I, either one, either one can be really could be really good for them. Either either one have concerns for their own specific reasons that are very different but still relative concerns. Neither of them gets me super excited. I I I hope Levy is super successful. I really do. I now, I guess the closing point to all this is. He's got to be on a thin leash or short leash. Sorry, thin ice. Um, he has to be on a short leash. Like, you cannot let him, like, if things happen with this hire, like, the coaching side of it is what it is. If, if that's bad, like, it's going to get criticism from everybody. But if there's any kind of screw-ups, any potential embarrassment, like, you can't stick around with that and – Zach Selman is going to be under fire as well. Because, like, when you make this hire, you bring that on. You just do. Um, Daniel was talking about PR. Like, the national response to this hire has not been positive. And I know most of you don't care. Y'all have made it clear many times. You don't care what anyone outside of Mississippi State thinks. That's fine. But the, the responses have overwhelmingly been, you shouldn't have made the hire. So... State is putting themselves in a position where if something happens, it's not going to – like, there's no getting around it if something does take place by making this move. And that just – you can stick your head in the sand and say you don't care and say none of that matters. Hopefully it doesn't. I I hope nothing happens that it comes. All right, his offense. And, I mean, what what are you getting with with, with the system? Um comes from the Veer and Shoot tree, comes from that Bryles offense, uh, still has a lot of that implemented to what he does. So you've got the you know the wide splits from the receivers, you've got the heavy RPO game, and you've got the deep shots down the field off the choice routes. Um, he does more than that. Definitely kind of looks like he's taken a lot from his time working with Lane and what he does in the offense now. Um, but, look, it's a part of that branch of football, that the Veer and Shoot tree, that we it's basically become a – a cheat code in college football. And you kind of like, if you run the system, you will probably score points. Uh, 
So, like, in, in that standpoint, it definitely could be really exciting. Um, I saw, you know, obviously some of state's receivers expressing, like, ooh, this could be a lot of fun to be a part of this system. Um, that'd be great if you can keep those guys on board because of it. If you can get Tulu to come back for another year, if you can keep Xavion st- to stick around. Um, like, you're not going to hear me deny that the offense could be, could be a lot of fun to watch. Now, fully discussing things, there, there is a bit of a narrative with Oklahoma's offense the last couple of years where uh, there was a tweet getting shared around. They can get 30 yards anytime they want it, but they struggle to get three yards when they need it was kind of the point that I saw being made. Like it's a super explosive offense, but they're not great in obvious run situations. Um, and in clear, you know, have to have it spots. I don't know how much of that is, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's offensive personnel is not great right now, which is, I know is OU, which is weird, but Dylan Gabriel is just fine as a quarterback. And there, I mean, uh, Oh God, what's his first name? Drake. Drake Stoops, the son of Bob Stoops, is their best wide receiver. Now, he's become a good player. But if Drake Stoops is your best wide receiver, probably not the great and best uh personnel that you're working with. Um so like I, I think if Levy got a chance to build out his own offense, like I could definitely think you could see it be a little bit more consistent and, and be better. Um, but look, it's a fun system to watch. It puts a lot of points on the board, which is why I'm again, I'm not going to tell people you couldn't be excited for that part. Like that whole rant, I, it's that's not what it was for. But yeah, like I, I think you you would expect of every higher state has made, and th- this is the other thing I will say for Levy is I do think he has enough experience working with different versions of the offense. Um, He's not running strictly like what Tennessee runs, which is like the purest form of it, or what they were running back at Baylor. The offense he was running at Ole Miss is not the exact same system as what he's running at Oklahoma now. There was more of Lane's, a lot more of Lane's influence in that system, and there were some things that they were doing at Ole Miss that he's not doing now. So in terms, I feel of, like Lane was Lane was probably better at getting two or three yards when you need it. Well, I some of it is some of that passing game. Like I, Ole Miss's passing game is basically like it's lanes. Um, he's not really doing like what like the the veer and shoot pass game, like that is it's his. And then a lot of the run game is more, uh, the veer and shoot side of it. But and the RPO game, um, Levy is is you know built more into it. What's, like, uh, what part of the game? What part of the game is it when they put in? Pegues, number 89, the defensive lineman on offense again, and you know that they're about to do a pass on fourth and one. You sitting in section 116 of Davis Wade Stadium know what's about to happen, but yet nobody on the field knew what was about to happen. What what who's who's is that? Is that Lebby's? I'd like to know. Because I knew it was about to happen as soon as I saw his his number trot onto the field. I will say the beer and shoot guys did have jumbo passes <laughs> that they would use. Uh but I would imagine Lane probably had a lot to do with that. Um, like, you no, know, it's an offense that can score a lot of points to be excited. The numbers they put up, there's no getting around it. Like, it's it can be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so, like, you you are going to have an identity. If nothing else, you will have an identity with what you are as an offense, um, which it, I think is, is definitely good. You badly needed that this past year. Um, 
it, it, it really is just going to come down to like who's the defense coordinator hire. I know DJ Jerkin's name has come up some. That's another where oh. we've <laughs> also Durkin, his brand of defense. I don't think forget the off field stuff with Durkin because, uh, gee, that would be quite a staff. If that's all we're working with. I don't really like the way he plays his defense. His teams just kind of sit back or super conservative. Like I, I would much rather stay with someone who's a more attacking brand. I also think an attacking defense fits better with what you do. I think if you're an explosive offense, it's better to have a de- an aggressive defense. Um, to me, is kind of how that should should fit together. Uh, which Barry Odom would have been the most conservative defense. Potentially, yes. I was his defense at UNLV is not the same as what he was running at Arkansas, um, but. Still, he he does tend to be a pretty uh, conservative guy. Um, yeah, I don't know if that would be the, the best hire to pair with. I mean, I guess they were technically they've worked together, so you've seen it together before. But um, I would much rather be a, a more aggressive style in defense. But th- that'll be the question: like, what type of staff does he build out? Uh, I know North Carolina's offensive line coach Wilson? is someone that, huh? We need a new offensive line coach for sure. Do we keep Chad? Uh, Chad, who? Why am I going? Oh, Bumpus. Bumpus. God, yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I have no idea who's going to stick around and who's not. Um, I know UNC's offensive line coach is someone who they've, there's been some talk about, like him, him and Levy potentially wanting to work together. Uh, he might bring a couple guys over with him from OU. Um, Joe John Finley is the tight ends coach. He's actually the guy who taught Josh Heupel the offense. Um, so that's how, like, Josh Heupel, despite having never worked with those guys despite having never like been on the Baylor staff or been around it the, he learned the offense from Joe John Finley who again is currently tight ends coach at Oklahoma he's talked about maybe bringing him over Seth Luttrell which is the name I know we talked a lot about last year with the OC search is on staff at Oklahoma he's someone that Levy might bring but also Luttrell could very easily just get promoted to the offensive coordinator job at OU um but I, I I've seen some some talk about that It'll be interesting to see how he builds his staff. He's got plenty of connections, and he's got connections to a lot of guys who know how to run a lot of offenses and score points. I'm not concerned about, like, I know we've said we've had these hires recently where it's like, well, we know we're going to score points, and then that's not really what happens. This is probably the most confident I've been that we will score points. I I, I will say that. Um, so Any it could definitely be a lot of fun to watch. and I, I hope it's successful. I just – you also just are going to be weary when you don't have a guy who's done this before. I'll we'll stop with the the off field stuff of it. It's a coordinator, so we just don't know. So uh, overall, I mean, look, I graded it like a. I don't know. No, I'm not going to do grades. I don't like grades. Um, I'll steal uh, Tom Fernelli's line. It's a good hire. I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> That's. That's his line. His line for every coaching hire, literally like Kirby Smart at Georgia. Kirby Smart's a great hire for Georgia. I have no idea if it's going to work. That's kind of like what Tom does. I think that's it's a it's a good it's a good place to be in because you just never know with coaching hires. I hope it's successful. I hope it, they score a lot of points. Just let's recognize we can point out any concerns. Colton, your final thoughts. I think uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does in the portal. That can fix a lot of the wrongs for me as far as not 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 the actual wrongs, 
but some of the you know they're not being a head coach stuff that'll kind of make me feel better um I'll tell you what I was in terms of his readiness for this job I was more confident that now I wasn't all gung-ho about Kevin Barbe the last time I was nervous about a hire it was Kevin Barbe so for those of y'all worrying about my nervousness um and again I'm not dejected about the hire I think it's a decent I'm gonna be like Andrew decent I was gonna put the letter grade on it you know C plus B minus right now which I don't like grading the same reason you don't uh anyway I don't um I wonder if he can, if he can recruit he can, it can if he can get some guys in the portal he can bring some guys with him from Oklahoma he can bring some uh some other guys in from other schools he can, Jackson Arnold is not coming here who Jackson Arnold quarterback Who's he was like a five star that they signed people are already talking oh, about yeah. trying to get him to like I, 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 I want to see if he can run with Chris Parson. I, I want to see if – I think Chris Parson would fit the offense well. Can throw the ball downfield, can can keep defenders on us with his legs. I think that would be fine. I just want to see, can he develop a quarterback? That's another question that I have. Um, I don't think he's really been somewhere very long since Baylor. It's where he's got a lot of hands-on quarterback development. I guess you could argue Dylan Gabriel since he was with them at – in his early years at UCF and then later years at Oklahoma. Um, so there's that. Uh, I'm I'm less confident in this than I was the Barbie thing. We saw the, how the Barbie thing worked out. So that kind of gives me pause, just self-metacognition, some self-evaluation. I'm like, huh, if I don't feel as good about this as I did in January when we made that hire, we know how that, how that hire turned out. So that's how I'm trying to kind of walk myself back. I'm going to watch some stuff. I know you're going to watch – well, I might not get to watch some stuff till Christmas break because I'm about to be swamped. But I'm going to look at whatever you put out uh, about the offense specifically and kind of get a look. I'm going to read up on how his recruiting can, can go, and I'm going to follow the news. Of course, we're going to get some recruits here and there. And then I'll kind of have a more sound decision on how, how I feel about the hire because right now there's just a lot of question marks. That could be answered – he can answer all the question marks with – you know, swimmingly to use the word. That's a great word you used earlier. Uh, he could answer all those question marks with and pass the flying colors, and we're sitting here looking pretty. He can, maybe yes, he can develop a quarterback. Yes, he can recruit. Yes, he can run a program despite never doing it before. He can be a CEO type. He can make good hires uh, when he's the one in charge of making the hires. He can uh, do X, Y, Z. That's a lot of things I just listed that are very, very important that this guy has had little to nothing to do with it uh, before. You know, maybe he's hired position coaches before. Maybe he's – obviously he's been a piece of the recruiting but not the final the final say. Uh, he's never had to be the CEO or lead of a program. And then with the, the last question is like with the distractions. You know, can he keep Art out of sight enough to where you don't have uh, – I don't know which reporter is – Dan Walken – crawling down our throats looking for a hit piece on us and getting people fired up and stuff like that. Can we, can we do, can we avoid those things? There's a lot of, there's more with this hire. There are more question marks that need to be answered that could all come up positive, but there's also with that more room for error. Okay. You don't hire a sitting head coach. So you don't know if he can run a program. You don't know uh, how the recruiting piece is going to go yet. I don't personally, maybe, maybe, maybe that question has been answered. And I just don't know. There's so many things that you don't know, which means that this could go either way. So many different ways for this to go right or wrong. 
So I think this is a, really a wait and see kind of situation. I think it's totally fair. Um, I it is high risk, high reward. This could be like you could talk about. You've got a guy who's going to come in and score a bunch of points, give you an exciting brand of football, win a lot of games, and like I said earlier, piss Ole Miss off, which is always a nice bonus. It also, you know, blow up in your face a little bit for a multitude of reasons. So, look again. I keep reiterating: if you want to be excited, you are more than welcome to be excited. I'm not blaming anyone for being excited. Just understand that people are definitely fair to have questions about this hire and be concerned about it for very real reasons, no matter how much you try to diminish them. Um, and this is a 99% done thing. Hopefully the it's not even official yet. <laughs> does not mean that we wasted an hour and a half. I, I, I hope we did not. Uh, that'll do it for us. Um, we'll talk basketball on another episode. I know both teams obviously took care of business this weekend. Um, but girls have another game today. That's true. They do. They do. So knock on wood. But thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Colton for hopping on. As always, swing your sword, hail state, and hopefully this works out.